Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 at Edmonton, 305 in the East. Bob Stoffer with you. The Oilers and the Blue Jackets tomorrow morning. And it'll be a tough one. Columbus is loaded up. Uh, this is the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. And now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at Digitex.ca. Minus 40? That's what it's going to feel like tonight in Edmonton. Man, I'm feeling for you. Uh, who's, who put this? Where Where's Al Gore now on this global warming thing? Because February in Edmonton, the coldest February in 40 years. It has been nasty, nasty stuff. We're going to head straight off to our River Creek Resort and Casino hotline. We're pleased to be joined by a uh, longtime NHLer and now longtime Columbus Blue Jackets television analyst, Jody Shelley. Hi, Jody. How you doing? Great, Bob. How about you? Nice and warm down here in Ohio, huh? Yeah, it, it is. And we noticed it when we got in at about 2.15 in the morning last night. They got the bodybuilder convention here, the Arnold uh, event. The Arnold Classic, yes. The Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger started that 40 years ago, and he's been doing it every year. And it is uh, it's amazing what is going on around here. These uh, competitors, I don't know how many, I think there's 80, over 80 sports in the area, including ping pong, gymnastics, bodybuilding. It's awesome. Uh, now, were you one of the more, I mean, you know, obviously the listeners know you were a fairly prolific fighter back in the day and a bigger guy. Um, in terms of in terms of when you played, who was the strongest guy that you would, and I would assume George would be in the mix there because he could. Uh, George your, is number one. He was number one? He was strong. I always used to tell George, and he used to hate this, I'd say, George, you're probably the best fighter, but you're not the best enforcer. And he would get upset because there's other parts of enforcement, which includes the gamesmanship aspect. And George was probably too nice for his own good unless he didn't get his way once in a while, and he could be really Well, we didn't know he was nice. He was big and strong, and sometimes you let George sleep. That was part of the game plan. So, <laughs> yeah, there was one I remember when you were with the Flyer. Well, or no, you were with San Jose, and he was with Montreal late in his career, and that didn't. Because uh, you fought him what five or six times in your career? Yeah, but that one in Montreal that was over before it started, so that was no fun for me. Yeah, I just well that happened once in a while. You want more? You want more than you lost back in the day? Hey, uh, just as an FYI, you spent a lot of time at Edmonton, right? Yeah, yeah, my family's in Short Park. My brother's out there uh, in Sherwood Park, and yeah, my sister is up in Fort McMurray with her family. So I, my uh, my other sister is in Sherwood Park. So my whole family is out there in uh, Edmonton. I spent my days in the East Coast Hockey League in the late '90s, training with Chris Dingman and Dave Cooper. My oh yeah, there and uh, with Chimera and the boys. They were, and we skated the U of A when the Oilers would skate, and we'd do the Perry Pern uh, every summer with noodles and. Strudwick and all those. We had a great crew there. Yeah. I see David Cooper at the bank once in a while right by my house in southwest Edmonton. So he's a he's a fine oh, fellow. Nice. 
pretty skilled guy. That's this really is a Canadian conversation, isn't it? When you're bumping into these guys. Alrighty, uh, Jody. Look, this is uh, it's been interesting with Columbus because they've had a pretty good team for a while. With John Tortorella. Maybe some would say they're in the wrong division, given the fact that the last three Stanley Cup champions have come uh, from, uh, you know, the Metro. But uh, just a, a thought on the moves that uh, Yarmo Kekalina made here to to go for it and load up. Well, you're talking about an organization that has never been in this position and never had a goaltender like this and a dynamic game-breaking forward like this who they got from Chicago and Panarin and Bobrovsky, the goaltender. And it's like a lease on a car. I mean, they've got a couple of Ferraris that their leases are coming up, and what are they going to do? Are they going to drive them? Or are they going to send them away early? And this organization said, you know what, we're going to ride these guys uh, for as long as we have them, and we're going to add because they've got a young core here that's been together. Uh, they're one of the youngest teams in the league without any rookies on board. Uh, they just added Robinson. He's played six games this season. He is the only rookie, but up to that point, about uh, three weeks ago, there was no rookies on this team. So what that tells you, it's a team that's been through a few experiences, including the disappointment last year against the Capitals in the first round, where they were up 2-0 uh, and lost four straight. Uh, so they're going to go for it. They like the experience they have. They like the players that they have, as I mentioned, those two Russians. And they went out and got Duchesne, and it's exciting, I'm telling you. Uh, you're talking about an organization that's talked about draft picks and potential and next year and when this guy gets older. It's just time for this team to say, okay, we got good players. It's a good team. Let's see what we can do. So they did it, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, they basically got two-thirds of a second line, which gives them a real heavy and tough third line. I mean, for the listeners that are unaware, uh, Dubois, who's turned out to be a terrific, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a terrific third overall pick, and we all know what's happened with Yesipul, Yarvi, and Edmonton, now shut down with hip surgery. Um, but no comparison between the two players right now. Panarin and Atkinson flank him, and then they got Duchesne and uh, Dezingle playing with Bjorkstead, and that leaves Boone Jenner with Nick Foligno and a player I love. Josh Anderson on third line. I mean, that's and it allows you to play Dubinsky on the fourth line with Riley Nash. That's that's a pretty impressive grouping right there up front. Yeah, and the player you love, Josh Anderson, and you remember the story of William Carlson going to Vegas. How could they give up William Carlson? He gave up. He scored 42 goals last season. Uh, why wouldn't they protect him? Well, they let him go because they love Josh Anderson. Big, strong, extremely fast winger. Uh, who's been one of their most consistent forwards this season. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that, that you love to have on your team. And you're right, with those acquisitions, Alexander Wenberg uh, is out of the lineup. He's making uh, he's, he's on a long-term deal. He was scheduled to be the number one centerman with Panarin. He is on the fifth line of this team with two veteran guys. Uh, so when you make acquisitions, someone sits out, and there's stiff competition, which everyone knows that's healthy. So they're in a good spot right here right now. Do you have any gut feel on Bobrovsky and Panarin moving forward? I think they're gone. I think that this is it, and I think that that's how they're going to approach it. There, Of course, there's potential, but my gut says, you, as a player, if you get this close to free agency and you uh, are able to go out and get charmed, sometimes you get. Uh, sometimes it works out that you, you just, most of the time it works out that you walk. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, the zingle to me, given that he played here at Ohio State, I mean... Uh, you'd have to think Ottawa's in a pretty good position there. Or, sorry, Columbus is in a good position to bring in, you know, to, to get him re-signed. 
Yeah, and he's the guy that's got the least experience, right? He's a young player, of course, that's played here. And, and John Davidson, I heard him speak the other day at a uh, at sports commission meeting, and, and he put it best. He said the Zingle should be doing a toothpaste commercial because all he's been doing is smiling since the trade. So, yeah, it seems like a good fit. I'm going to give you a stat. Uh, because obviously it took some courage and conviction for Columbus to go this route. And sometimes our listeners give me some shots back for this. But five of the top nine scoring players for the Blue Jackets and their number one goalie were brought in with a previous regime, and that is Scott House. And uh, and you could add, you know, Johansson traded for Jones, would have given him a six-piece. So a lot of the core and the guts of this team even though there's been some real good, you know, Dubois is a good pick. Uh, a lot of the core of this team was actually brought in by a previous regime. Yeah, no, that that's true. They did make some good moves. Scott Housen, there's no denying it. Um, he, he made some good moves, but there were still some pieces that needed to be moved along. And you have to credit Yarmulke Kekalainen for using the pieces he's had. Like, how does he get sawed, first of all? Uh, no one knew about that. And then how does he turn that into Panarin? That's the one that's, uh, how cra- does he get- uh, that's crazy. That's yeah, crazy, crazy, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Panarin is one of those players that you dream about. And that was after they played the Pittsburgh Penguins and didn't have a dynamic goal score. Well, guess what? They went out and got one of the best ones uh, from Chicago. So I, I'm still scratching my head on that. Even though they're going to lose him now, how did they get Panarin? That's my question. Um, and I love the Seth Jones pickup. Yeah, I mean, who trades a number one center? No one. But they thought that it was a better culture fit, and they could get Seth Jones, right-handed shot, number one D-man. Uh, those are bold moves. So you have to credit the mixture of what Scott Housen had left here and the, the boldness of Jarmo Kekalainen and Bill Zito. Uh, you were a hard-nosed, tough guy yourself. Uh, McQuaid is a, a subtler pickup, obviously, than Duchesne and Dezingle. But one that this team needed? Yeah, I just think that there's a presence there. He's hard to play against. Uh, You know, when the Blue Jackets went into Montreal and Shea Weber stepped up on Pierre-Luc Dubois and stripped him of the puck like he was taking it from a, uh, you know, like a teenage boy, which he almost is. He's only 20. Uh, But, I mean, a teenage boy who's not used to being in the corners. I I just think that the the light bulb went on for me that there's a presence there on the back end that, um, you just need that. It's nice to have a guy that's big and strong and can be assertive uh, in the defensive zone. And I think that's what he brings. I mean, he, of course, he'll drop the gloves with anyone and stick up for his teammates. And that's a nice, nice mixture on the team. But I like the fact that there's a strong, big horse down there uh, that can separate and, and uh, make, it really, make it hard to play against for some of those players that, uh, that excel with a little more ice. Given how much Tom Wilson runs around in Washington and the possibility that we could have Washington and Columbus meet in the playoffs, is that also a factor, do you think? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think that there is that, that, that. I think there has to be that in the back of their mind. Uh, at the day, deadline here, they not only went for depth, they went for, um, you know, needs. And I think that's definitely a need on the back end. So, I think that's a good point and a fair point that, hey, if I remember when I used to play, if there was no one on the other side dressed and warm up, it was a night. It was a free night just to try to play hockey that night. You know what I mean? No worries. Worry-free. 
Um, but I knew if there was one guy on the other side that might, you know, be willing to drop the gloves or get my face or question something I'm doing, then I might, uh, I might take a different route on some of my hits. So I listen. I think that definitely uh, is a, is not a bad play for the Blue Jackets having McQuaid back there if it only is for Wilson. So the Blue Jackets, as we're joined by longtime Columbus television analyst Jody Shelley, Bob Stopper with you. The Blue Jackets have 13 players signed next year for $49 million. Uh, Zach Rowensky is a tremendous offensive defenseman. He's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, what are we looking at here for him? $6 million plus, do you think? I don't think so. I think he's going to be, he's forced himself into a bridge contract. I think after the first year, uh, there was a lot of talk of those types of numbers, or maybe a little higher. Uh, Seth Jones is making six. Uh, I think Wierenski, uh, coming off an off-season shoulder surgery, playing last year through a shoulder injury, I think his camp might want him to uh, sign some kind of bridge deal here and see what he can do in the future. He's still young. He's, he's a huge piece of this organization. But that will be interesting to see how, how it shakes out. But I, I would be surprised if he doesn't uh, sign something for two or three years and then try to get something a little bigger later. Uh, Bob, uh, can you ask Jody this? This comes to us from Epstein's mother. You can text us on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. And Epstein's mother says, all right, so you asked uh, Jody about Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. What about uh, Duchesne? Uh, there's your second-line center right there. So... Do you think there's a possibility that he gets signed to an extension? Because you've already mentioned, you know, they've got yeah. Wenberg, who obviously isn't getting it done, at least hasn't had the year that he was hoping for. And they've also got Riley Nash as a fourth-line center, who was brought in at $2.75 million, uh, and Wenberg is at $4.9 million. What do you see the feasibility or the possibility, Jody, of Matt Duchesne being signed to an extension? I think much more likely just for the fact that he's a family man. Uh, he's got a six-month-old son. And this is an appealing city to uh, for people with families. We have now 13 alumni that have stayed in the area uh, with no real connections. A couple guys like Rick Nash, he married a, a local girl, much like myself. And, um, yeah, no, I, I could see him, this, this town, really uh, appealing to a guy like Duchesne. And, and you know what? He's gonna, they're, they're not even thinking of that right now. The Blue Jackets, are, they're going to let this city sell itself. And the, and the pandemonium, if they can go on a run, and then see what happens with a guy like Duchesne, Dezingle, uh, maybe McQuaid. But, yeah, I could see his likeliness much, much more than the Russian guys. Both guys have uh, girlfriends, the Bobrovsky and Panarin. There's no family ties. They're, you know, they're into different things in the bigger cities. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk of them going to Florida, where there's a bigger Russian community. But I think for Duchesne, this could be one of the cities that uh, it's very easy living. It's Midwest, and it's a real sports community. So... Uh, a lot of us love it, so maybe he'll love it too. I wouldn't rule out New Jersey, believe it or not, for the Russians either. They're going to have they're going to have yeah, some cap no, that's space, a good point. right? Yeah. They're going to want to improve their team a bit moving forward here. John Tortorella um, has he changed with the times? Because this is a different generation and era of players, or is he still torts? I think there's still torts. I mean, you're not going to take torts completely out of torts. But I think there is definitely, Bob, a maturity as far as uh, he's been coaching for over 40 years. I don't know if he called it a maturity or a progression, if you will. With the way he's figured that he's, he's had to change his approach to players. That's just the reality of dealing with these uh, young men on a day-to-day -day basis. So, 
But there's still the fire in Torts on the bench, in the action, in the heat of the battle. Uh, he is exactly the same in, the, in some of those instances. But in his approach to the players and, and uh, trying to get at them in different ways, not just with the whip or the crack of the whip, uh, no, he's, he's changed that for sure. Jody, we appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers. Now I'll see you down on the rink tomorrow. Anytime, Bob. My pleasure. Thank you so much. You bet. That's uh, Columbus Blue Jackets television analyst who's a hard-nosed player back in the day, willed himself to the NHL, Jody Shelley. We'll take a timeout. 121 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Not your small town dealership with a new, huge, state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford in Fort Saskatchewan. Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We've heard from Elliot Friedman. Towards the end of our conversation with Elliot Friedman, I said, who said let the good times roll? Well, you knew who it was. J.R. Foley. That comes to us from Haas. While Bob the Car sang the song, Let the Good Times Roll as well. We'll cue that one up for uh, 135 for when we bring Ian uh, Herbers aboard. Bob, hope is all this out of uh, Kelowna from Andresito. He actually, he's in Nelson, B.C., but his phone comes up, Kelowna. Hope all is well, amigo. What do you think about Curry, the Canadian version? of uh, Yari Curry, Josh Curry. He seems like he can at least produce a bit. And speaking of enforcers, why don't we have George LaRock anymore? Did he get you on the trolley tracks again on the ice? That one comes to us from Nelson, B.C. Uh, Don says, Bob, it was J.R. Foley. You're right, Don, it was. Uh, this text comes to us from Prop. Bob, do you think with Ottawa firing their coach, they'd consider Jay Woodcroft, given Bakersfield's success? Uh, Jay's only been coaching as a head coach for one year. I think that'd be a bit of a long shot at this stage in another organization, for sure. Uh, Richard says, Bob, uh, J.R. Foley, let the good time rolls. Ed, he was always saying to Ed Whalen, party at my place and you're not invited. Stampede Wrestling was the uh, best 2 p.m. show on Saturdays on CFRN and CFCN back in the day. That one comes to us from uh, Richard. Again, you can text us at 630-630. We had Jody Shelley on as well. Bob, tell Jody that Alan says hi from uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Well, there you go. And I got somebody called me an idiot. They didn't like what uh, the little crack I made about uh, global warming. Oh, my God, Bob, you sound like an idiot talking about global warming. You must be a fan of their idiot president as well. This is what I like about the, uh, it's a Calgary number, by the way. This is what I like about this younger generation is the heat that they come and uh, come at you with. Evidently, uh, you don't understand uh, subtlety and nuance when you're talking. If you're listening to a show on a regular basis, you would know I'm not a fan of uh, Donald Trump. The global warming issue with Al Gore, interesting. There are different perspectives, and more than just mine, and more than just that texter's out there as well. But I could guess, based on his text, and based on the venom that he had in his text, I could almost guarantee you which political party he voted for in the last provincial election. And I say he, 
because a woman wouldn't be that rude. You can text us at 630-630-127 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Morgan Black. When we come back in orders now, we'll hear from Kurt Hill. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings and Ian Herbers, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.